Hello. Hello and welcome to the Animation Appreciation Podcast. My name is Andrew, the host of this podcast, as well as the man behind the Blue Artisan YouTube channel. And joining me is my good and best friend, Mark. Say hello, Mark. Hey, guys. On this podcast, as you can well imagine, we discuss animations we appreciate and admire. And with it being Christmas, we're getting into the festive spirit of things by discussing three main Christmas animated classics, The Snowman, The Snow Dog, and Father Christmas. And the three you've picked out for us to talk about today are definitely worth talking about. Mm. Um, some of my favourites of all time. Absolutely. I mean, uh, these ones are some some what what could be regarded as um, sort of British classic animations in terms of um, how old they are and how long they've been running. Um, because uh, do, do you know how old some of them are at all? Let's see. Um, I think. Was the was the snowman made in 1982? That is correct. I always thought it was like 1984. I never really thought about. I never really thought about how those movies were. They just, you know, it's one of those things you grew up with. It becomes like it becomes a staple. You can't remember it a is. time when you've been without it. Uh, it certainly became a tradition in my household every Christmas that we would, uh, instead of watching the Queen's Speech, we'd actually just watch the snowman. Um, but I'm not sure if that's the sort of same tradition that you had in, in your end. Well, it's funny because um, both The Snowman and its sequel, Father Christmas, um, I've experienced in several different mediums. I love the original movie. I had The Snowman as a book on tape. I loved books on tape when I was growing up. Mm. And um, when it came to Father Christmas, I had the book and I loved the animated movie. Mm. So, yeah, it's definitely it wasn't so much a tradition as it was one of those shows you had when you were growing up that was just always on in the background. You were always revisiting it. And yeah. so, yeah, it's I mean, always it, been there. It was always heavily advertised every Christmas as well, especially the snow. I think the snowman more so because of how much of a success uh, it was when it first came out. I mean, it was, it is even now a, a marvel of like animation really with the, with the, the time frame it was produced and what they did at that time. It's still impressive. Mm, mm. Actually, I find it a bit... I, I was going through it again, and I actually still found, uh, although animation techniques have come on a long way, I fa certainly found that the flight sequence in The Snowman was stronger than its sequel, uh, The Snow Dog. Wow. <laughs> really getting into the meat and potatoes <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That, the, the Snow Dog did a wonderful sort of... Um, it, did, it did a wonderful flight sequence, but I just didn't feel it had as much energy... Uh, but we'll get that, we'll get onto that one later. So yeah, the first the first one we're talking about, of course, is the snowman. Uh, so I've got my gin and Dr Pepper here with my chocolate biscuits, my hot cup of tea, and of course my big book of British animation. So you're going to read us all the story. Well, well, well I can certainly pull out some notes. We can go at some uh, history and facts, if you will, uh, of how the snowman suddenly came to be. Originally, it was just a book by Raymond Briggs, wasn't it? Absolutely, yes. Something. <sighs> Again, something I never really thought about until I came back to these movies is like based on the book by Raymond Briggs, and I'm like, I always thought oh, he animated yeah. it. I <laughs> had the book of Father yeah. Christmas. <laughs> I always thought Raymond Briggs animated, but he's not. He's just the cartoonist that did it. Yeah, when I when I saw when you said we're going to be going over the Raymond Briggs collection, I was like, who the hell is he? I know. Oh, I guess he must have been the guy who directed it. No, he's the guy who wrote the books that they're yeah. based on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he wrote the books. He, I'm I'm not sure if the Snow Dog was a book originally. Um, no, the Snow Dog is is based on characters from uh, Raymond. 
Briggs's books. Yeah. Because it says that at the beginning of Snowman and the Snow Dog. Yes, yeah, that's a, that's, that, that is correct because as well, he was very reluctant on doing a sequel to The Snowman because um, he was just like, that's it. He's, he's a wonderfully old, grumpy uh, old man um, who is very stuck in his ways, which is perfectly fine, by the way. You don't, it's, it's certainly not a bad thing to be like that. And he um, he was constantly pestered to do a sequel for The Snowman for years and years and years and uh, wouldn't budge an inch on that because he was like, the story of The Snowman's fine. Um, and, of course, with The Snowman being such a big success, he also got a little bit of fed up about talking about it constantly when he had his other works. Um, so, he f- By the way, FYI, audience, if we do have an audience and there's more than one of these... <laughs> This is one of the with just one of the foundations of what blue art isn't about. Andrew, Andrew and I, we love our grumpy old. Oh, man. we do. Yes, Milk Carl, Raymond Briggs. Oh, the grumpier, God. the better. Which is probably why we both like Father Christmas because he's um, that sort of character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like the, there's there's like there's no coincidence here. It's it's clear as day. Um, we love we love Father Christmas, and he's such a brilliant character because he's so phenomenal. He's grumpy in the best way. Mm, yeah, I, I've heard as well in America that they he was so uh, Britishly grumpy that they had to alter him in when they aired it in the US to make him a bit more cheerier, and they had to edit out all seventy five bloomings in it because he uses the word blooming a lot, which is a sort of child word, uh, child slang swear word. Uh, which you could say without getting punished for saying something so um, so offensive. Now, you know what? That may very well be true. I find it hard to believe, but at the same time, I remember <coughs> being a kid and thinking this guy was so. This is in a post. This is in a pre. This is in a pre South Park world, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I remember thinking he was so goddamn edgy for saying <laughs> bloomin' so much. And he could get bloomin'. away with it. Well, yeah. That's it, a kind of bread. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard the wee- Chief Weasel say bloomin' a lot in uh, The Wind of the Willows, which is always quite funny. Played by David Jason, oh, another David one of Jason. my favourite old gentlemen. Yeah, well, he's not as grumpy. Uh, he's not quite No, as, he's not grumpy. Yeah, he's not grumpy. We wish he was, but he's not grumpy. Maybe a little more now, but he's, he's certainly more jovial. But um, but yeah, getting back, we'll go to Father Christmas. But getting back to the Snowman. But yeah, so the Snowman, wonderful film, first made in nineteen eighty two, uh, which is older than both of us, if I'm correct. Absolutely, yeah. And oh. you know what? Big shock. There's a lot of movies out there that are older than us, but this was, as I said, one of those films that's just always been there. So when you actually mm. think about, you know, when it was made. I mean, at the end of the day, that just makes it even more impressive. They made that movie in 1982, mm. and it still looks beautiful. Everything's all really hand-drawn and really detailed, and you can feel the very warmth from the pencil, from the pencils that are used on the page. They're all very scribbly, but it just adds that sort of uh, vigour and life into the cells, which really brings the snowman to life. I know, and those panning shots, so smooth, so mm. beautiful. I mean, it really is just, to coin a phrase, a timeless classic. And did you know it has, like, three openings to it, three introductions? Really? How so? Well, originally, um, in the when it first aired in Channel 4 back in 1982 on Christmas... I think it was Christmas Day? Uh, let me just check. The, this is why I have my big book of British animation here, so I can fact-checked fact-checked rather okay i found it here it says here it was first premiered on boxing day uh, at 6 15 in 1982 so i thought it was christmas day but i was wrong it was actually boxing day wow 
but just ev- short of the mark. But every day, uh, not every day, rather, but every Christmas after that, it was broadcast on Christmas Day. And every day in my household, I yeah. probably watched them. Uh, again, it had three. It had three introductions. Uh, one, the first one was told by a, a narration by Raymond Briggs, talking about this snowy day that he experienced and how it. Um, he had this wonderful magical snowy day, and it inspired him to do the story of the snowman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sold it to the US, or rather, aired it in the USA, um, where because it was, it's a different market in America entirely. So they had they got a um, a British pop sensation to sort of um, do the introduction for it, which was David Bowie, and he was like in the attic, and he was talking about how he found this scarf that was given into the snowman, and then proceeds to discuss, uh, or rather, narrate the story of the snowman, which leads into the animation. Oh hell yeah! I don't think I've ever really? seen that one, but apparently it's in the DVDs if you've got that one, which I believe you said you went and picked up a copy a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, I do. It's on the it's on the uh, extra. It's like on the DVD extras. I'll definitely have to check that out then. Mm, I haven't I, I haven't seen that. I, I I'm gonna check that out as well. Um, but yeah, and there was the third one as well, which was um, is tied to Father Christmas. Uh, I remember this as well when they rebroadcast it. They did a brand new hand-drawn intro of Father Christmas um, just taking his boots off and having a seat and getting himself ready, talking about the snowman. Um, however, the voice actor, who I was actually quite surprised to find out, was, uh, I wonder if you know him, Mel Smith. No. No, I didn't think he would. He, he's quite a rare British, well, not rare British actor, but he's like a very quietly known uh, British actor. He's like, um, to me, I can't think of any films that you, you may remember him from, but for me, I remember him from uh, Not the Nine O'Clock News. Um, you loved Not the Nine O'Clock I do. News. Yes, I do love not, not the Nine O'Clock News. It's a wonderful piece of satirical um, <laughs> satirical comedy of sketches. Yeah. Yeah, I I only dibble dabbled in that. Mm. I, I really watched him. And um, yeah, he was one of the actors in. No that. way! Was he the news presenter? Yes, he was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I totally know. I know who you're talking about now. I know it's crazy. Oh. I never thought he. Brought, I never thought he was Father Christmas. I could. I could. I can't picture him doing the voice of Father Christmas. I totally can. You can. I, totally I can't. Can. I I can't do that. I'm like that's not him. It oh, can't dude, be. that's crazy. Because like I can see like the picture of him in like my mind's eye mm. so well, but I can't figure out where like I've seen him the most. I he's know. always been sort of in the background in he's, a lot. He's one of those person that's been in lots of things, isn't he? Yeah. Oh no, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's actually. I was thinking about this earlier today. You know, like when somebody has a voice and it just doesn't match with the mm. way they look. Yeah, that's well, exactly what it is. I was. I had like a theory that maybe like maybe like nobody. Like maybe everybody has a voice that like just does not match the way they look, and like if you could like step outside of yourself and listen to yourself, don't mm. you be like, wow, that doesn't work. Maybe I should either sound like what I look like or look like what I sound like. Yeah, yeah. But and the him, yeah, no, that's per- that is perfect for the face that fits that voice. I, I really, I, I, I can't fit it, but it, it just blew my mind that that Mel, the, the late great Mel Smith, he is unfortunately passed away. Um, about two or three years ago, I think I can't remember, uh, which is a, which is why they've stopped using that Father Christmas intro, which is my favourite introduction to the Snowman, um, because it's very cosy and warm and it's very canonological, I'd say. Um, <clears throat> so he passed away, and then they had to go back to the original Raymond Briggs 
uh, introduction instead the way it was uh, meant to be, I, I guess, originally. Now, to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. if I had to pick, I personally think that it doesn't need an introduction. I think that it's fantastic as an entirely yeah. silent film. Yeah, Not absolutely. Not word of dialogue. Just that fantastic soundtrack. I'd say it's very Tom and Jerry in that aspect that, you know, how Tom and Jerry doesn't require words. It's all mostly music and the music follows the actions of the characters. Um, I feel it's very similar to that. I know this particular story often has narration going over its soundtrack as well, but it really reminds me of Peter and the Wolf. Mm, mm, Yeah. Love Peter and the Wolf growing up. Did you? So that's, yeah, that sound, that soundtrack feels very Peter and the Wolf to me. I can see that. Yeah. Follows the action. I mean, Tom and Jerry is fantastic, but they have like a different kind of score. It's very much on point, whereas the soundtrack in Pete in um, Peter and the Wolf and the Snowman sort of like follows along behind and gives you sort of an idea. Mm. And both have got an iconic stuff. musical score to yeah. them as well. That as soon as you start humming it, it's like, oh, it's the Snowman, or oh, that's oh, that's Peter and the Wolf, or. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, it's the snowman. It's it's sort of very, it's yeah. very strong in that essence. Yeah, I mean, like I bet you could have like a narr- narration going over, um, like the, int- the like the first few scenes of the snowman, where it's like, and Peter walked out, uh, and the boy, the ginger-haired boy, <laughs> walked outside, and he stomped around in the snow. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and and snow fell on top of his head. (laughs) That's that's absolutely brilliant. And you know what? It's funny that you brought that that point across, actually, Mark. Because like, um, do you know the boy didn't have a name until the animation came out? Really? Yeah, it's strange. It's crazy because I was telling Mark Mark some information, background information uh, that I got from my big book of British animation. Um, about <laughs> about uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff that went on in the snowman, um, and they said I think in the original book of the snowman the ginger haired boy didn't have a name, and I was um, originally there wasn't that scene in the snowman where he flies to Father Christmas. It, in the book he flies and goes to Brighton Pier, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and they watch the sunset and then they fly back, and then then well we'll get to the end a bit later. Um, but in because it wasn't enough to fill out a full 26-minute piece of uh, animation for television, uh, they had to add what we would now call padding. Um, so what they... <laughs> you don't think that's accurate? You know what? It, no, it, it actually is. But you just, like, put it so delicate. Well, you tried, You made it sound so delicate, and then it was very blunt. So but like, it kind of... What would you want me to say? Filler. They added... It's what, filler. What don't watch this bit. It's filler. It's not It's not intrusive to the snowman arc. It's like, they, they had to fill out the wrong time. So they added what we in the industry call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, well. Originally, it's funny that you say that because apparently Raymond Briggs didn't like. Uh, he didn't like uh, them adding this bit with Father Christmas in where they go dance with him in that party. He thought it was rubbish. Again, grumpy old man syndrome was like, I don't like this change uh, to my story. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. But it turns out in the end, um, when he saw it, he said, "You know what? Actually, that is better. You did a good job." But yeah, they had to end, add, add that part. Uh, where they meet Father Christmas because it was kind of fillery slash padding um, because it wasn't enough. It, yes, okay. <laughs> I guess he would call that because he's uh, he's he's not one to mince his words. Um, and yeah, so 
they added that part uh, essentially. Um, they and the boy didn't have a name, so the part where he picks up the present from Father Christmas. Um, it's got the boy's name on it and they couldn't decide on what the boy's name was. And I think, I believe that they were the boy's name. Here I go again, flipping to the pages. Okay. While you do that, can you imagine like, could that like, that like should be part of like a biopic mm. where they're like, and then one day, we came across a startling problem. <laughs> All right. And Santa Claus, like, and Santa Claus is going to give him the present and he reads the name on the tag and then it just like zooms out yeah. to like a bunch of guys <laughs> in like a storyboard room. It's like, what's his name? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, it was almost like that. It, it like, was... You didn't give him a name. I thought that was your job. Well, what the hell do we call him? I think I think it was the name of the boyfriend that someone was going out with because it's it, oh that's it it wasn't in the book it was in a documentary I was watching beforehand last week uh, because I watched I watched the snowman and I watched a documentary about the snowman afterwards and there's another wonderful bits of tidbit behind the scenes of animation going there um, and I believe that one of the animators said he was called James after um, her her boyfriend at the time and then the name sort of just stuck after that. <laughs> oh well. So correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, please do tweet at me at Blue Artisan on Twitter to correct me if I am wrong. But that—that's how I'm remembering the story. If there's any changes, I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> to that. But I'm and pretty they, positive that's why. the boy after I don't know her boyfriend or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not like her son or something. I like, just call him James. It's fine. And, and that's and that's how that the 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 main character ended up with like a. A name in the story, which is crazy, because you would have thought the main character in the story would would have been given a name. I don't know. It's the first time I thought of it. Really, you didn't, you never really thought like he didn't have a name or, or what what this child's name was. No, I've never had to refer to the child in the snowman. It's just the kid in the snowman. Not even <laughs> that. Just like the kid in the snowman, the boy in the snowman. I suppose it's kind of like it's kind of like a insertion thing, like. Mm. You like to imagine what it's like. Like me personally, I've often thought about how balls terrifying it would be to just mm. come downstairs in the middle of the night and look outside and see like this gigantic mass of white turn yeah. around and start walking towards the back door. Well, like I'd feel a lot of very conflicting emotions and fear would be a very pronounced one of them. I mean, like, could you imagine if way, way back in the day when we, we made our Dr. Robotnik snowman? Oh, God, yes. A long time ago, it, it snowed and we made a, um, a, a snowman that, that was... I wish I kept the picture of that. I, I, it's one of the biggest regrets I have of throwing that old phone away. I threw away the picture of our... Uh, Dr. Robotnik, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Dr. Robotnik Snowman. And we kid you not, it looked exactly like him. Yeah, we were we were really proud of ourselves that day. Because um, back then I had a much bigger back garden than I do now. Like a mm. lot of it's been chopped off. So we had plenty of snow to work with. <laughs> and that, that, that snowman was like, that, that was a sculpted, that was a Michelangelo of Dr. Robotnik Snowman. It was a sculpted masterpiece. And it, what was great was Mark had this window uh, as you went up the stairs, and you could see the back through the um, through the window, you could see this giant uh, robotic snowman. And as the sun set, you could see its shadow just stretch far across the garden. Absolutely, and detergent standing in a detergent tower of power and manliness. <laughs> and then, if if I tell you, if that snowman did turn around, uh, yeah, I would run for the hills. 
I would be pretty scared, yes. But what, what's like, got... Wait, what? It wouldn't be the only thing I felt, but fear mm. would be like, you know, there would be like a fight or flight moment. It's like, oh my god, my snowman's come to life. <laughs> Can I take it? Or should I run away? Well, what, what, one thing I was was really interested in, in the terms of the design of the snowman himself, if you look at snowmen and Christmas cards, they're just like three... Your standard cartoon snowman is just three big blobs getting smaller and smaller with like sticks in there. Look at this Raymond Briggs um, snowman. It's not. It's very humanly shaped. It's just one giant, big sort of large oval shape uh, that resembles a human body with the head, the then big blob of snow at the top for the head. And I think that's a really brilliant design for a snowman because it's different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like watching him now, it does remind me an awful lot of Bayonex. That is such a brilliant design for a snowman. It's simple and effective. Big and soft and cuddly. Mm. And the best thing is, they switched out the nose. They gave him a tangerine nose, which yeah. is nice. One, one of my favourite parts of the whole animation of that, that piece is when they go in the house and he starts... It's just really funny the way he just um, pulls out those other fruits and he just starts experimenting with other noses that he could have. You know what's fantastic is in the background um, you can listen to the music and it's playing the, um, the nursery rhyme Saint no, nursery rhyme Saint Clemens. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh I never noticed that. Clemens, say the bells of Saint Clemens, and so oh. all he's changing out the different fruit for his nose. I, d I didn't notice that. Of all of all the background things, I didn't I didn't notice that. That literally just came to me as I was fiddling with the computer. <laughs> And then um, I tell you what, there's one thing as well, as I was watching that documentary that the animators pointed out as well. I wonder if, if you may have noticed, because you're quite a great stickler for detail um, and continuity. Um, did you notice one of the glaring mistakes the animators made at the bit where he goes into the house? Um, oh, narrow it down for me. Okay, so I'll give you a clue. It happens when they look out the window. It's after all their shenanigans, after the snowman cross-dresses um, and it gets too hot, and then they look out the window. Yes. And they notice the motorbike. It's outside. It, yeah, the motorbike is outside, but the animators, like, they, apparently when they were doing it, they, were so, they you know what animators are like. They're very, they're very keen and focused and channel all their energy into getting every, all the detail just absolutely right. Uh, so nothing's yeah. like so it, it helps immerse you in that illusion of life in in the piece itself. Um, Consistency it goes a long way. Absolutely, and a lot of animators are are like that. They just channel their fo they focus very hard on creating these amazing details. And one of the things they always curse themselves afterwards uh, was the fact that uh, as as James points to the motorbike outside to the snowman, I believe um, yeah. they they you see a shot of the bike in the snow and the bike's all covered up. Uh, in in that plastic is, covering, yeah. So is it drawn in such a way that you can like see the way the bike is facing? It's like facing towards the house, and then they take the top off, and it's actually facing away from the house. Almost, almost. In fact, when they look out the window, there's no snow. There's snow everywhere, but on the bike. And then they go downstairs and they go to the bike, and they and the bike outside has about like four inches of snow on top of it. Oh, okay. And yeah. apparently nobody's called them out on that, and they said, "Oh my god, we can't believe we left that mistake in." They, oh yeah, they can't like, believe they did that. But that's just the thing about that's just the thing about the movie. It's like it's not perfect. Of course, no, no, like, no. Well, you, I, like I, nothing's, I'd say nothing's kind perfect. Of, it's kind of is because it is. I'd say it's a perfect Christmas uh, piece of animation because it is again, like, it's timeless. It's classic. It's wonderful. Um, 
but of course there are like inconsistencies like that but yeah. you can it's like who cares it's a wonderful it's a wonderful wonderful film like why would you yeah. like pfft, why would you care about that at all but of course animate you know what animators are like certainly um considering like what we know about animation not that we're bragging but we know we certainly know what other animators are like and indeed on that documentary they were saying they can't believe they did that and got away with it yes absolutely yeah, no, animators are very fastidious. Fastidious. Mm. And apparently as well, I was reading, um, well, I was actually going through that documentary and apparently they had an, a, another talk with the animators and apparently they went to the pub and they were saying like they were coming up, they had a bit too much to drink. They were coming up with other ideas of um, what to do on the motorbike sequence and they were saying that how about, um, I think he, they were saying he the the snow and would crash and go down a rabbit hole and um, all the animals are like drinking tea or something down there. And they said that they woke up the next day and said, actually, no, it's probably not a good idea to put in. And that, and that idea later formed into the Sony pictures version of uh, Peter Rabbit. Oh, don't get me started on that. Uh, I'd oh, love to yes. say that, that that's all. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that just makes me furious thinking about that. You had to push the button. It was just like too easy. It was right there. It was looking in the eyes. I had to say something. <laughs> there was oh, there's oh god, there's this there's this wonderful screen grab that somebody did of like this really ugly shot of Peter Rabbit like with his mouth gaping open. It's like this truly depicts the worst thing that could have happened to Beatrice Potter's um, wonderful works. Um, and they are yeah, absolutely. We'll get we'll get we'll probably discuss that in the springtime because the, I do want to do a video focusing on mm -hmm. why that is just an absolute affront to Beatrice Potter's world. Yeah, but could you really expect anything less from, from Sony Animations? Yeah, their, their previous track record. Mm. But yeah, we'll we'll get that. We'll we'll get. We'll... Oh, believe me, I've got enough energy to talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah so but they had to cut that. It bit serves out. to it serves to illustrate the difference between mm. a movie like this, which is small, a good it's like movie. twenty-five minutes long. It's not perfect, but god damn it, there's something magical in there. Oh, there, there, there that 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 holds. The whole snowman thing itself. I mean, the, of course, the music itself. Going back to the music, the whole you can, as soon as you got the theme tune of the snowman, you had the da 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 da. That's it. You're you're fully immersed in the world of the snowman, aren't you? You're like, oh my god, this is the snowman. Ah, uh, then that like initial shot, and then the owl flying mm. in towards the camera. Which, speaking of David Bowie introducing it, doesn't that show isn't it weird? Yes, it, yeah, it's weird. Why? I don't know. Was David Bowie ever associated with owls throughout like, <laughs> his pop career? I don't know, but it, I did think the exact same thing. Like, oh, it's an owl. It kind of reminds me of David Bowie in the Labyrinth as the Goblin King. Barn owls are just like, uh, yeah, barn owls are just rad in all sorts of British animation. Like, uh, have you ever seen Rupert in the Frog Song? Oh, yeah, you love that one, didn't you? You absolutely loved love that one. Yeah, it is a good one as well. A really good one. That was, that was another book on tape I had growing up. <laughs> and yeah, there's a barn owl in that, and he, he just looks so intense. Mm. And of course, there's the barn owl in the BFG. Yep, and then there's the great owl from The Secret of Nim. Oh, I love that owl. I think that's, I think that's one of the best owls. And of course, not forgetting owl from Annals of Farthing Wood. Do you not like Owl? I like Owl. <laughs> with a many, with a many You'll haikus. You'll have to forgive me because it's like, <laughs> you were like, and who could forget? Yeah, who could forget Owl from Winnie the Pooh? Oh, I mean, Owl's <laughs> fucking <laughs> <laughs> No. Now, of course, you know, I, you, you were more of an avid Pooh. <laughs> 
a David Poo watcher um, rather than than I I was. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yes, a very. See, that's what always threw me with the Winnie the Pooh, the, just the name itself. Never bothered me. Never it didn't. bothered me. I think it's because I've got a very immature sense of humour. So that, that's why I always like, was like, poo. So America okayed a character that was essentially named after Scat. Mm. And yet Bloomin um, mm. is where they draw the line. Well, okay. Even if it's Father Christmas saying it. Yeah, yeah. But um, but okay. Getting getting back on track from from Barnells and Winnie the Pooh. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole the whole flight sequence of the the snowman um, was incredible. And of course, it, what's helped support it as well is the fact that. And speaking of things that can fly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah see, it was nice all just, it was a segue after all. <laughs> a very elaborate segue, but we'll take it nonetheless. We'll take what we're given. Damn it. Um, yeah, the the whole thing that really supports me is the whole supports me supports the snowman piece is the whole walking in the air thing, which of course is everyone always goes, oh, it's sung by um, Alan Jones. It's like no, it's not. It's actually sung by Peter Audrey, actually, uh, which has become so enshrined in every telling of the snowman now that it's practically uh, well known. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is like uh, this is like Doctor Frankenstein. Mm. Uh, this is like Frankenstein's monster and Luke, I am your father. It's like everybody knows that that's not how the quote goes. Everybody knows that's not the name of the monster. Everybody mm. knows Alec Jones didn't sing Walking in the Air in the actual movie. Yeah, yes. Afterwards. yes, absolutely. But of course, the poor guy that did sing it, Peter Audrey, um, I think it's Peter Audrey, unless I'm pronouncing your name wrong. In that case, I do apologise. But yeah, he he was the original choir boy that sang it, but never got any of the credit because they uh, forgot his agent. I believe forgot to add him or add him to the credits, which is a crying shame because it's again that's such a wonderful time of song. Yes, but <clears throat> to be fair, I know this is probably no consolation whatsoever. But I have never I have never listened to Alid Jones sing. Walking in the air. Apart from I've in the actual always, animation, I've always listened to the song being sung as part of the movie. Yeah, so, yeah. Which I don't even know what it sounds like if Alec Jones sings "Walking in the Air." It was, it was, it was the one they used in the film. Oh, so Alec Jones. See, I'm getting. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, it took me a while to, to get in, so twisted in the whole shenanigans of the naming of of what who sung what. I forgot. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's brilliant how it leads up to that, especially mm. the fact. Okay, yeah, no, this is something. This is something I noticed the other um, yesterday when I was watching the movie again, and I love it so much. It's like there's this ele- there's this element of like uh, mysticism about the snowman. There is, because, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. He they get off of the motorcycle, and of course, like his thighs are burning because <laughs> yeah. of the hot engine. So they they well, get, been they there. open up. Like, they open up the big outdoor fridge where they keep like their their chalk ices, mm. and um, he sits in it like it's a big bathtub. And he's sitting in it, and then he picks up like a box of frozen food, and it has a picture of some pine trees in the snow. And then you see you see all like the emotion wash away from his face, and he mm. looks up and he's like, "I must go now." Yeah, I've yeah, it's like, it is time. It's time to go. I've I've been called. I must and, I must go now. And, My home planet needs me. Yeah, and he almost leaves the kid behind. Like mm. the kid chases after him, and he grabs onto his arm, and then he's like, 
okay. And he starts running, and you don't know what's happening, and the music starts building up, and uh, it's been so mm. quiet for so long. And then all of a sudden, the music picks up, and then they... It's really they, triumphant. Yeah, it is. They launch into the air, and then all of a sudden, the music starts playing, and it's spellbinding. It really is. Mm. The whole I, I, I always love the part... I mean, again, for that time, that is a spectacular feat of animation that they produced in terms of... I mean, is it is it pencils they used for colouring uh, the cells? Um, or was it... Is it a pencils or crayon? It's... It's got texture to it. Let's yeah. just say that. And it, it, it looks absolutely magical. Yeah, it's simple, but it's got that lovely texture to it and they know what they're doing. So it, it almost adds like to it. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's something that um, reinforces it. It's like, it's like the movie style, just like how mm. um, it matches Batman the books. The perfectly. The, the, apparently they had some real worries about trying to render uh, Mr. Briggs's um, style because they wanted to bring, of course, those that, the book, the, I mean, like the feeling that the books had of like all the individual like uh, strokes of the pencil um, yeah. on the paper into there, and they were worried because um, you, you've heard of the term boiling, haven't you, in animation? That's when like um, the lines are all wobbly, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and it, it's sort of like it look it look, doesn't look right, um, and they were worried they were going to do that, so they had to bring on a specialist. Uh, they got they got the director uh, who directed. And emulated the same sort of um, look on Pink Floyd's Hole in the Wall, or Brick in the Wall, sorry, rather. I'm not really that, <laughs> that great at quoting musical songs. Um, so they did the animated music video for that is has the same sort of animation style as The Snowman. So they brought the director across onto that uh, to that help render that. I never would have made the connection. It, I don't believe I... I think I only ever saw it once. Mm, I, I, I only ever saw Brick in the Wall once. But yeah, now that you mention it. Mm. Again, another brilliant piece of uh, animation. That You should check that out too. Uh, Pink Floyd's in the wall. Another brick in the wall. So they brought in Jill Brooks, who had um, helped art direct uh, Pink Floyd's uh, Brick in the Wall um, to come in and help give a hand and art help art directing the snowman because um she she cracked a way to make that boiling issue um non-existent i wonder how she did it well there's probably a decent technique on that now i mean the, with modern computer animation um it i guess it wouldn't be as difficult to do that now uh, but yeah there, there there is a solution to that but yeah, that scene absolutely fantastic, mm. and so it's probably the strongest part of the snowman. Mm. Would you not say? I mean, it is. Yes, definitely the most memorable. That and the party scene. Yeah, I love the party scene. Again, the the whole. I think they made the right decision adding that party scene, um, because so that was very much a saving a saving Mr. Banks scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and Raymond didn't agree with it to begin with, but when he saw the final thing, he was like, "You know what? It actually works." So you guys made the right decision there. Which is well, it's nice to know they made up. Yeah, abs absolutely, absolutely, and that that, that whole. It's very warm and fuzzy. The whole, the whole, the whole picture of the snowman is very warm and fuzzy, and it helps with that, with that whole walking in the air scenario. Um, Literally, yeah, it looks like it's it's great how the primary color is white, just like how 
in mm. Batman the Animated Series, they used black paper and painted on top of it to get yeah. the classic noir noir style of um, Batman and the classic detective um, pulp stories mm, mm. with uh, the snowman. Like, you just look at the sky and it's constantly, I guess, yeah, I'm going to use that term, boiling over with the white and the blue like interplaying. But it works because... It's snowing, yeah. so that's exactly what it's meant to be yeah. like. And it does use very dark colours, but it pulls off those dark colours wonderfully well. I mean, you can still see, like, I think one of my favourite parts is uh, the big the big blue whale that, that like, launches its tail and just splashes the water and it just goes everywhere. Yeah, white and blue. So much white and blue, but it, it works phenomenally. And, of course, like, when they're moving past those gigantic snow drifts... Mm. And you can see like that changing in gradation in like it starts off like the deep blue shadows and then it goes to that sort of like yellow in between. It's just beautiful. Mm. And again, I think as as, it, as the snowman draws to a close, it also ends in itself in a beautiful way. The fact like the um, like, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? Because the boy goes downstairs to see his uh, wonderful snowman friend. And then, of course, he's just uh, unfortunately melted um, and it just leaves off with him. Um, I think in the book it it was a bit more tragic because, of course, they didn't have the whole Father Christmas scene where he gives the um, the boy the present, where it of course gave him his name, ironically enough. And he's he's just sit there, left alone with nothing. Whereas yeah, in, I, I think it's safe to say I think it's safe to say it's real because he pulls the scarf out of his pocket. Well, that's that's it because in the original book, because there's no Father Christmas scene, he hasn't got that scarf to say it's real. Uh, he's mm. just left there with just the memory, whereas at least there's a kind of a happier ending in the uh, animated format because he's got that scarf that said, oh, it was something that did happen. Uh, it wasn't just like a, a, a dream. Now, see, I like how there's like a lot of different emotions. I, I want to say like it's surprising, though, how they just like have this out of nowhere sad ending. But there's also there's also this wonderful scene just after they finished flying and it's before the party scene and they go into like a wood they go into a forest yes yeah i always forgot and about that bit it's it's a little spooky mm. and there's that fantastic shot well there's like several fantastic shots one after the other first as they enter and the camera's behind them and they're walking towards this forest and then as they're walking through the forest, it's like a side-on shot, and you just see like them amongst all these trees and that haze of blue in the background, and the music's very, very um, foreboding yeah. as they're creeping along through the forest, and then they come out the other end, and all of a sudden there's all these other snowmen, and they're standing around, crowding around, oh, and yeah. they part ways, and the music starts building again, and there in the middle is like this big, warm, cuddly Father Christmas. Mm, yeah, he, that, that Father Christmas is very cuddly. I think that's got to be my favourite depiction of Father Christmas. It definitely is, well, because we're such a fan of Father Christmas. Yeah, it's definitely... Raymond Big Prince Father Christmas. It's like neck and neck with the depiction of Father Christmas from the Coca-Cola van. Oh, you like that one? You, you like the Father Christmas Coca-Cola? He is a very traditional uh, Father Christmas, the Coca-Cola yeah, I mean, one. Yeah, it's like, that is like the quintessential Father Christmas. But yeah, if there was anybody to knock him off, he'll probably be up. <laughs> wow. Get out of the way. No, I actually kill him off. <laughs> but the, yeah, then of course, yeah, the, there's the 
tragically wonderfully ending to the snowbound, which uh, always has a, leaves a lump in the throat as it ends because it the mu again the music plays and the boys just left there and they got that it, they got that really sharp piece of music where it, it plays on your emotions and then the song plays and you're like I think it ends wonderfully because it's just it is it's, it's just ended and this whole magical adventures just come to an end and it's just like in a way it kind of reminds me of how Christmas itself ends because it's very sad when Christmas ends you've got great build up of this wonderful event that happens and then it's there and then it's gone the next day yeah I mean it's it's like it's funny because like part of me is like why why did you put this like why did you put this sad ending in the story when you could have you could have like you could have found a way around it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's it's like the logical progression, and I think that's kind of why it's so blunt. And again, like it comes back to how the snowman is very mystical because, like, he's the one who's like, "Look at the time; we've got to be moving on." And mm. then, as they're flying home, there's an, there's this really great scene where the boy's like looking around and he's marveling at it all. And then you see the snowman and he notices that the sun is coming up over the horizon. Yeah. And he looks back into the camera and he's got like this very, um, he's got like this very stern, well, not stern. Yeah. He's just, he's just got like this very plastic expression on his face. The snowman knows his fate and he embraces it. <laughs> Like a true trooper, he's a he's a very jovial character, a very a, a very magical and wonderful figure of Christmas and imagination in general. Because um, again, I always I think he had a great personality. This now, you know, he's cheeky, he's he's, he's curious, he's inquisitive. Uh, he, he likes to dress up in other people's clothing and mess around, and it, it's very lovable. And of course, it's very sad when he meets his ultimate demise. And this is the funny thing, like. Like in uh, like in stories now, snowmen's don't melt away. Mm. They happily the ever after. The snowman and the snow dog. The snow dog comes to life. Well, they and try to re-emulate that that ending, but it's not as impactful because, again, yeah, like you said, of, he's got the dog. Yeah, yeah, like, and I'm okay with that. Like, I love little puppies. Mm. Let's give the kid um, the happily ever after and everything, and. Again, Again, it's, it's okay. like think of in Frozen, mm. like like at the end of Frozen, when everything goes back to normal, it's it's actually kind of it's actually kind of um, to be fair, the universe they set up mm. in Disney movies kind of makes it a little bit easier to have that happy ending where they're like, oh, let's just give let's just give Olaf a little snow cloud that he can wear all yeah. year round. So he's, he's fine, but, yeah. But in like in like the snowman, it's like no, dude. Like this is snow. Yeah, snow melts. This is a once the in a lifetime opportunity he's giving you. Yeah, it's like it is. It is like written from the point of view of a grumpy old man. It's like, well, what the blooming hell did you think snow was going to do? Well, that's that's that was his philosophy. You're absolutely correct because he was like, well, the reason he gave it a sad ending was like, um, well, people die. Um, his parents died. His friends have died. It, it's gonna. Ha it's it's awful, but it happens. I think that's very poetic in the both both the way uh, the snowman and the snow dog work. Uh, but again, the snowman and the snow dog. You know, when I was originally watching that, I was when I saw the adverts for it when it first came out. I was like, oh well, 
I, I shouldn't get to attach this adorable cute puppy because they're going to um, they're it's going to be really heart wrenching to watch him wake up with two puddles of, <laughs> of, of characters that he's got to mourn over. Um, but it, luckily, it didn't happen, and that did surprise me a little. But they kind of I think they reverse gut punch you because they do the whole setup of when. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, it's because they hit you hard with um, with the child's dog dying at the beginning, yeah, uh, rather than at the end because they did the whole death of the dog at the beginning. Uh, spoilers, by the way, I do apologise if you haven't seen it yet, my viewers. Uh, but the 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 film, the snow, the snowman and the snow dog starts with the um, starts with them moving into a new house. Uh, and he's got this dog, and the dog's depicted. He's getting old. He's he's in better days, and eventually, as it comes to Christmas, the dog dies. Um, but then, of course, he gets a new dog. So he makes a snow dog. Uh, so they had that impactful uh, death sequence at the beginning. Um, so again, it didn't feel as impactful at the end of the snowman and the snow dog because again, he's got the dog, but the snowman, him, the character, of the snowman himself, uh, is gone again. Now, to be fair. Um... Upon watching Father, or upon watching Father Christmas again, mm. I um, realised that they sort of retcon the mythology. They do, don't they? Yeah, actually, yeah, he the the kid just built him over again. Yeah, did you notice that? I was going to bring that up in Father Christmas. Uh, I never a, noticed that it's line. It's like before. a throwaway line. Yeah, I never, saw the scene, never yeah, when ever I saw the scene, noticed. I that. initially thought it was like, oh my god, it's like a cross. Yeah, it's like cross timelines. It's no. That's a different party, and the kid just built the snowman. Builds the snowman again. I love you, Father Christmas, but he just built it again. No, I think I think I can. I think there's a law to the whole universe of the snowman itself because it, it is a throwaway line. But that is the same party he went to, uh, because it, Father Christmas knows the boy, and it, that that party yeah. that he goes to is the same one in the set in the same universe, and is the same party in the snowman. Uh, that's also in the same universe as Father Christmas, and they, that throwaway line just threw me because it's like, it's, what is the law to the universe of the snowman? Like, what's what's this magical secret? Like, has this so, snowman yeah, been the built? rules? Yeah, the rules are he can build it like he can build the snowman as many times as he wants. It's the same person, but yeah, the snowman will melt away. So <laughs> you only get one. And okay, so yeah, like the 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 new story is the boy's dog dies. Admittedly, it's very sad. It's mm -hmm. very much an up style beginning of the movie. They do it really well. Yeah. Like anybody who's lost a pet, like oh god, you yeah. They empathize with the kid, and then he stumbles across. He stumbles across um, this box. How did it, that box it, get there, by the way? He moves into the house. Yeah, but that's I, not the same house that James lived in. My theory is like the area he was lived in got. He was living in got built up over time, mm. and so that's why he's got neighbors now. That's the same house, it's just a smaller back garden. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. that's why in the scene where he's like making the snowman, he's like, Oh, crud, I think I'm gonna run out of snow. And he's mm. like, I better, I better get resourceful here. And he starts stealing snow from everything else. So, yeah, and so the story of um, the snowman and the snow dog is essentially the kid loses his dog and so finds finds instructions how to make a magical snowman and then he goes on an adventure to get his dog back and that's mm. essentially what happens at the end of the movie he he gets a new dog whereas in father christmas which was the kind of not the sequel but set in the same universe as the snowman uh, and it's also set in the same 
separate timeline, as it were. Uh, but to me, I feel it is actually the sequel to the Snowman. But again, the unofficial well, sequel to purposes, me. It's Snowman Two, and the Snowman and the Snow Dog is number three. Yeah, in my opinion, because um, again, like they go to the party, and it's the same Father Christmas, and you see things from his perspective. Um, so Father Christmas goes on a yearly uh, meet-up with the snowmen, has a party, and the snowman and the snow dog is about, um, as, as Mark described it, uh, making the snowman, finding instructions for him, retrieving a dog. Um, but I personally found that... I, I personally prefer the Father Christmas uh, to snowman and the snow. The snowman and the snow dog is wonderful, um, but I love me Father Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm going to go on a limb here and say we both feel the order goes canonically as well. Mm. Snowman was the best. It's untouchable. Yeah. Uh, Father Christmas is a phenomenal sequel. Uh, and Snowman and Snow Dog is a very is a very nice film, but it simply can't capture the same lightning no. in the bottle. No, I mean, do you, do you remember like the the song the song in the Snowman and the Snow Dog just does not emulate the same magic that Walking in the Air did. Well, I love the snowman because it is very, very quiet, and it's very understated. And um, the snowman and the snow dog is very loud. The music they, yeah, the music they play when he's building the snowman hmm. is like really loud and distracting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not as it doesn't fit in, does it? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and like. Of course, how are you going to how are you going to top walking in the air? I know it felt like they got a generic so pop it's a tough, song. It's a tough act to follow. They got a generic pop song. I felt for um for the the flight sequence. Yeah, very forgettable. And it was like it's like there's no song that I could look at and go, oh, this is the song to the snowman and the snow dog. It's like what was it? Just some generic singer going there. It just didn't. It's not as impactful. I'm sorry, whoever saw that. It just wasn't. As captivating. Uh, yeah, but well, at the, at the end of the day, the, what was so fantastic about what fits the snowman so well, what uh, what fits about walking in the air is because it's like, it's the equivalent of what's this? Yeah. From yeah, yeah. Or Christmas. Christmas. is the internalization of what this kid is feeling. He's like, holy crap, I'm flying right now. Nobody in the world knows that this fantastic thing is happening mm. to me. Well, apart from the guy uh, that was drunk. Do you, uh, that's one shot I did love when they're walking in the air. Is, uh, they go past like an office Christmas party and there's a wonderful touch yeah. of that guy drinking the wine bottle. And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, so good. And, yeah, like um, this new one, again, like it's, uh, it's amazingly impressive. It looks beautiful. It was probably a hell of a lot of um, mm. hard work. But mm. it's also like the pacing is very rushed. Yes, yeah, I agree. There, the pacing in the snowman was smooth and transitional. Uh, everything, everything worked like a snowball. Uh, we had a great snowball style effect. Like it started off nice and warm and cozy, and it's, it's magical thing just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it just hits the wall and splat. The snowball's gone. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's hard. I, I know it seems like we're fixated on the ascending and in all honesty, in all honesty, we are. We we love the ending of the original Snowman mm. for how just like needlessly mean it is. <laughs> it is perfect. I think it's. I think it, I think it's a perfect ending. But the 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 
the um, what I did like in the Snowman and the Snow Dog though uh, was the different snow style of snowmen were very imaginative when they went to the party. Like I love oh, the one very creative. Oh, I, lo I love the fact they like one kid used tangerines for the ears of one, and some used like a pencil uh, for the nose of the other. And I really enjoyed the little cameo from the Laurel and Hardy snowmen. You know, actually, to be fair, like uh, it seems like seems like children all over the world put a lot more effort into yeah. their snowman than our lead character, and he's the only one who got to come to the party. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but to, to be fair, though, uh, he was quite imaginative doing the dog because I wouldn't have thought of putting mittens for the patches on the dog. Yeah, absolutely. The dog is adorable. I do have to admit, the dog is animated, yeah. loving me. <laughs> he probably got in on the strength of the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If this was like a great British bake-off and there was like a snow, snow Paul Hollywood, snow <laughs> he'd be like, well, the cake's a little bit unimaginative, but he really brought it together with the dog. He had a bit of like icing left over and he he used it in a very creative way. So Yeah, uh, I mean, your snowman's very 1982. Uh, it, it's, it's a bit old and it's been done. Literally, the nose was very old. Oh, and God, so, imagine if it was the same tangerine. Well, he did get it out of the box, though, didn't he, of the exact same... No, no, he, he didn't. He went to the kitchen. No, yeah, he, he was going to use the same tangerine for the nose, but it was all old and shriveled up. <laughs> and it, he used it for the dog, which yeah. kind of makes sense, because, like, mm. you can just sort of imagine what the texture of that, like, old shriveled up... Ooh tangerine is and it's like yeah a dog's nose does feel a bit like that but i think again going back to the time of the other snowman i like the the flying snow there's a lot of flying snowmen but the one that has the plane that's yeah. dressed up like um what's the word buggy or bugle or budgie or something uh the uh, the the character well the, he looks like he looks like an airplane character and um he's he's got yeah. he's, he's got asparaguses for his uh, mustache and i think that's a brilliant touch absolutely yeah no i that's that that, that definitely stuck out to me as well mm. so so i did like that uh again i have to agree with you the music wasn't uh, as good the main song wasn't as strong as a snowman uh what as walking in the air and oh god do you remember when we were younger um all the different renditions of walking in the air that like, i remember my sister used to sing i'm walking in the air without my underwear constantly i know again at the time, that seemed really edgy. It did, yeah, and it was. It, oh god, we, I wish I could remember the rest of the. I'll have to ask her what the rest of the lyrics were that she remembers it. But yeah, everyone was singing that in the playground. Yeah, I'm so bare. Is that what? Is that? I can't. I can only remember that one line. No, yeah, I. Oh, uh, speaking of speaking of spoofs, mm -hmm. I wonder the, what you're going to bring Andrew up. Commercial. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was going to I was going to mention that because I think um, that that is brilliant. <laughs> I think that's wonderful, and that again is very. I, I hate to say this, but I think the flight sequence in the Iron Brew commercial was a little bit better than the Snowman and the Snow Dogs flight sequence. It's. That's what makes the scene so legitimately funny is because they, they put their heart and soul yeah. into recreating that scene. It's lovingly so mocked. It's, like, it's, it's very hard to tell the difference between mm. that and the and the actual movie. And it's so, damn funny. <laughs> I told him, get your own. <laughs> and the way it just ends with him falling off. But it's so it's rendered so perfectly. And it's just, yeah. it's just a testament to how good the snowman is. You can make fun of it and you can instantly recognise, but you still feel good because it's the snowman. It's such a good piece of animation. Absolutely. And that sense of wry humour is what makes Father Christmas stand out. And yeah, absolutely. See, that, that's, 
Yeah. I'd love that Father Christmas. I really do. It's, it's a great it's, depiction. Yeah. Right, right away, like, the introduction is, this Father Christmas is an asshole. Let's, let's yeah. explore why that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's great is it's not just a Christmas story. Uh, it's not like, oh, Father It does end up with Father Christmas going around delivering the peasants, but yes. it's good in the essence that it doesn't focus solely on that. It's about, well, what does he do for the rest of the year? Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it reminds me an awful lot of a good Studio Ghibli movie mm-hmm. in the fact that it's very much a slice of life. And We're sorry for you, by around. the way, just out of interest. We know it's Ghibli. We're just used to pronouncing it Ghibli. Thank you for saving my butt. <laughs> <laughs> we are very bad at mispronouncing things, but uh, yes, it, I think it's Ghibli, but we, we do have a bad habit of calling it Ghibli throughout the years. Yeah, it's just what we called it. It's like uh, the probably difference between... still pronouncing it wrong. Like, like the difference between Titus and Tidus. And, oh God, that drives uh, me mad. He's, he's a water-based character. It, it makes sense for him to be called Tidus. We're well on our way to being grumpy old men ourselves. Mm. We're set in our ways. Yes, so absolutely. Please, but, yes, please. please for, oh, God, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I have to tell you something else after this. That drove me mad about pronunciations of things. Um, but, but well, yeah. Well, Yes. Another thing it reminded me of was um, the first Wallace and Gromit when they go to the moon. It does, doesn't it? I tell you what, the the bit where he makes the sled, um, that that screams Wallace and Gromit to me because like he's using the red paint um, and he's he's decorating it and he's in he's in his garage making it. It Just that just instantly reminds me of the Wallace and Gromit bit where Wallace is in the basement uh, making. Yeah, they even have they even have like a sight gag about him sawing a two by four in half. Did they? I didn't notice that. Yeah, in in um, the Father Christmas cartoon, he's sawing a two by four in half, and he's doing it. Um, he's doing it with ways, just like um, Wallace does mm. in um, the in their trip to the moon. But the joke in Father Christmas is he's he's like uh, resting his cup of tea on the very end, yeah. and as he's sawing through the two by four, it's getting more and more wobbly, and eventually you see like the cup fall off. <laughs> Whereas in, whereas in Wallace and Gromit, he soars right through the stand. Yeah. Oh, and good. Yeah. To, and he has to get Wallace to come along. He has to get uh, Gromit to come along and like act as a second. Stand. Oh God, yes, yes. I did. I didn't. I didn't notice that the first time. Again, I st- I only just noticed the line about him to the snowman and go. Oh, glad you could make it again. The party that is not the snowman. Ho ho ho. In my own personal head canon, it's the same party. Oh, it is. But yeah, it's the same party. Me. It is yeah. I think even Raymond Briggs has said it is the same party because it, it just happened a different year. Uh, in terms, like the, this, the whole narration of Father Christmas uh, is he's just finished his yearly pilgrimage of delivering the children's toys, uh, and he recounts what he did last year and what he got up to. Because again, uh, it's an interesting take on that character, isn't it? What does Father Christmas do for the other like days of the year? Like, what does he do in June? What does he do in July? What does he do mm. before the big day itself? Absolutely, and yeah, a large portion of the uh, of the special is him traveling to different countries. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, one of my favorite parts of that is when he's thinking about camping, and he has that little thought bubble that comes up, and then you see him like thinking about camping. and goes, he's getting he, blown he, away. Yeah, it was his bum showing out, or what they call the builder's crack. Um, they had yeah. to edit that out in America because they thought it was a bit too rude. <laughs> again, again, I find it very hard to imagine that's true, but I'm sure. I'm sure I'd be surprised. That's very British humour, I think, that with his bum on display as he flies out. But I'd, I'd love that Santa shot. Santa shows off a lot of skin in that movie. Oh, he does, yeah. 
it is it's that that that, that was one of my favorite shots but, oh yeah i mean there's so many just brilliant images um that stick in your mind like mm. center center of the swimming pool getting oh a yeah rock in town or when he's um trying all the different kinds of food that resonates no brewing ketchup <laughs> no brewing ketchup HP sauce. yeah what about chips let's go with me fish I think oh. that means no blooming chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the bit as well where he um, he, he he wakes up in um, in Loch Ness, I think, and he goes for a swim, and then he sees that sh- it's really cold. And he's like, oh, and then he sees that shark, and he's like, well, better scarper. Are there sharks in Scotland? There are, but they're not. They're more lake water sharks, so they wouldn't be vicious or anything. But it's, it's the whole cartoon image of like what? Sh- as soon as you see a shark, it's like, oh no, it's it's a great white. Yes. Would be that kind of thing. Um, I would be breaking it. I, oh, you know what? As well, I never noticed before uh, um, in the Father Christmas is where he drops. As he's about to go on like his holiday, uh, he drops his pets off at the pound and he starts crying. As like, I never noticed that before. The dogs or Santa Claus? Uh, the the no. The, he Father Christmas drops drops off drops drops off his uh, his cat and his dog at the pound as he's going travelling. Um, and it cuts to a shot of him walking away, and he's like, sort of saying, "Blooming, blooming pets," and he's like, I mean, he's like wiping away a tear. I didn't notice that. I never noticed I that thought, until this time. I thought he was just turning up a collar. I thought, yeah, I thought he was just out of, out of sniffle or like he was, um, he was allergic to something. But now he's generally shedding a tear because you know, grumpy old man syndrome. He doesn't want to admit that he's going to miss his pets. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you said that, because I remember watching it last night, and I was like, that's rather callous of Father Christmas. I know, that's what I always thought throughout the years. It's like, oh, he doesn't care at all, okay. But yeah, he, he is he is very caring. Again, this is a very humane... I, I like this Father Christmas in the fact that he's, again, as I said, humane, because most of the time Father Christmas you see in films is this magical, jolly saint who, um, who can't do any wrong because, you know, he's Father Christmas... Uh, he's jolly old Saint Nick. He he's wonderful. He's magical. You see all these other films like um, what Guardian Guardians of um, the Seasons or something like that. I forget what it's called. Do you know the one that was called Guardians? Oh, I know. I think it, I think is it just called the Guardians? I can't remember. I I've seen it once. Um, it had Jack. Yeah, that I, Jack Pro- yeah I can't remember oh. it. People are probably going to be shouting at me, but but I'm sorry. I've only seen that film once and. It's I got Hugh Jackman as the yeah. Easter Bunny, and it's got Jack Frost before yeah. Frozen came out. And like all these, I'd hate. Well, I reluctantly say the word, but Americanization of Father Christmas is like um, he's that he's a magical sort of figure, um, and there's oh, yeah, great like, lore about isn't him. Isn't he like a sort of isn't he like a sort of action hero in that movie? Yeah, sort of. And you know how it is in most like uh, films like that. It's like there's always another Father Christmas that takes up the mantle, and then this Father Christmas that we've got here, he, he's just uh, he's just an old man. Sure, he's he's got magic, but he's grumpy. He's old. He's very humane. He swears. He's not. He's not. He's He's very flawed. Yeah, in comparison, no, not to say that those films are bad and those other depictions of Father Christmases are bad. It's just this is a refreshing take on the character of not having that um, that ma- that that oh so magical aspect to him. Yes, it's true, and like he's like very, very, very down to earth. He like lives mm. in a normal. He just like lives in a normal attached house. Yeah, yeah, a very British house, one would say. Yeah, he's got like a little. He's got like a little back garden. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, he has a he has a plot, doesn't he? I checked it out mm-hmm. just uh, for your own for your own sake. 
Rise of the Guardians. That's it, it yeah. As Guardians, something. I saw it, I think, last year. Uh, again, it's a great film. Uh, I just didn't wasn't particularly drawn to it myself. Never saw it myself. No, but I know there's quite a few fandoms of it. But, uh, but yeah, but again, that Father Christmas, in contrast to this one, this one isn't... He's short, stumpy, yeah. and not as... Uh, I'd say the other Father Christmas is, I'd say, somewhat handsome. Santa Claus is hench in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hench claws. Yeah. Um, and this, this one is... Yeah, again, very very uh, studio, very studio Ghibli esque in the sense that he's like just like a big oval with mm. like two dot he's eyes. Bald. He's he's a, he's a, he's an old man, and then but he's a lovely old man because like, again, another one of the, my favorite animated shots is um, is when like he's finished doing the living the presents. You see him have his bath and like he's powering himself down, and he's doing. Uh, does he do the towel rub in the bath? Yeah, and it's it's got the it's got the. Um, it's got the initials of the casino that he's oh, yeah, because he took the he obviously yeah, took, he stole, everyone he does stole that. The yeah, he, everyone does that. I think well, another wonderful shot is that he'd remind me of is when he's at the hotel and he opens up the wardrobe and you just see this quick shot of him like looking up with put his like fingers on his mouth or something like going oh because like they've got the coat hangers uh, permanently attached in the wardrobe so you can't take them. I didn't notice that. I, I again, I know it's these wonderful little shots that you watch these brilliant pieces of over and over again. And you start noticing, and that was one of them. And I thought that was very funny. Well, that's the quality of the books. The books were classic children's books, in that the mm. pages had like three sentences on them. Yeah, the probably less than that. Infinite amount of detail on the pictures themselves meant that you were looking at it for hours. Yeah, that, that, I love those kind of books. I wish they did more of them. Oh, that's that's pretty much the format for children's books. It's like yeah. you want as little dialogue as possible, and you want either nice, simple artwork, or you want detailed artwork. Or mm. if you're like um, Raymond Briggs and um, illustrating Father Christmas, you've got these wonderful shots of the inside of houses. Yeah. It's almost like where's Wally in oh, like, yeah. the detail. Oh, like I it's loved like how it connects yeah, together as well. Like, do you remember? Like, I remember opening the book, and there was a scene where Father Christmas is going down the chimney, and you can just yeah. you can just trace your finger down the image and see him like go into the house. Yeah, and, and that shot is actually the in the movie. Yeah, and they recreated it lovingly and faithfully. You get like you get like one you get like a glimpse of it and then it moves on. All that effort and it's only for one scene. That's dedication. Mm-hmm. And again, I was I was gobsmacked to find that Mel Smith was the voice of Father Christmas. I always thought it was like somebody like older, like well gr- grumpier, but no, it was Mel Smith. And again, I still can't imagine Mel Smith doing that. Oh yeah, look at him. <laughs> yeah, I do love Mel Smith. He was he was a great character, a great person in the. Uh, well, a great actor in the '90s for me, I think, and of course he has he, he is known known more for stuff uh, in the '90s. But um, do you remember those? What was it, Mel and Smith little segments uh, they used to do in the '90s, where they'd be talking to each other and like behind this black studio about something? Oh yeah, looking yeah. at it right now. Oh yeah, there we are. That that kind of like classic stuff that was on UK telly over here. But yeah, I and then he did the uh, intro for one of the Snowman segments as well. Uh, and I think they did a Kit Kat advert as well, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember that one? A Kit Kat advert? Yeah, they did a Kit Kat advert for Father Christmas, and he was like the sponsor for it. No, I can't say I do. I think I vaguely remember. I'm going to have to look that up now. I vaguely remember that. Pop on the old YouTube. This might have to be another bit that we edited out, because, yeah. of course... I'll send the link to Wink to you in a minute. 
You want to you want to give screen sharing a try? Yes, absolutely. Uh, cats. I, I do remember that. Yeah, he did. He he. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me just try and do this for you now. Okie cokey lemon pokey. Share screen. Oh god, it was right there underneath my nose. Okay, can you see? Okay. Let's see. Something's coming up. Oh yeah, there we are. There we go. I think it's this one here. So yeah, this is the advert they did uh, for. I remember this one. Of course, it's very, very modern in comparison. You can sell it set, set different in a different time frame. Yes. Blooming mince pies this year, the lad. Over the last few chimneys, a bit of a squeeze. Ooh, let's see there. Only 107 calories. Just a chicken. Lovely. Well, that's it for another blooming year. That's a lovely Fantastic. But again, as I was watching it, I couldn't picture Mel Smith. You know what? It's funny that uh, of the three movies, Father Christmas is the one with the happiest ending, yeah. and it ends with Father Christmas swearing at the audience. Yeah, yeah. Well, not swearing as much, but we, we I get your point. Yeah, he says, "Merry blooming Christmas to you too." I do love the way it ends like that. Like again, is it, like you said, it is the happiest of it. But I was just like the way he it just zooms out of him just turning over in bed as you would. And yeah. then it zooms out, and again that that song plays, and that's one of my favourite Christmas songs. I think I hate to say, well, I prefer that Christmas song out of all three of them, uh, even more than Walking in the Walking the Air is phenomenal, as we said. But that the Father Christmas one, both um, Hop on my sleigh, um, and thank We're you, Father Christmas. Oh, I love to that song. Christmas. Oh, that that always makes me get get in the mood for Christmas. That one, and that that's one of my favourite Christmas songs. And again, the one where the quiet, the, the little girl or boy sings it always always puts a little lump in in my throat every time I hear that because it's just so innocent and sweet and magical and represents everything that's warm and fuzzy to Christmas for me. I mean, I suppose, I suppose that's what the story nails. Is it like mm. does like follow? A year in the life of Father Christmas. And just like everyone else, his year sort of, well, his his year sort of ends the same way most people do, at home, well, as as everybody would hope their Christmas ends. Yeah. At home, nice and warm and cosy. And again, like, if you look at the illustrations used, like, again, with other depictions of Father Christmas, you know, he's either in the North Pole and he's in this, like, fantastical fantasy land of, like, uh, candy canes and all, like, magical stuff. But in, as you can see in this, in Raymond Briggs' depiction of Father Christmas, uh, he's in a very normal, nothing magical, nothing fantastical, just your typical, just your typical house. There's nothing, there's nothing fantastical about it. It's just your I mean, at the, the, at the end of the day, Father Christmas is doing the night shift. He's yeah. going to bed when everybody else is waking up. I, I get sleepy right. just watching him. Yeah, and then, and then, and then again, it's wonderful that it depicts like it's so refreshing to have a different 
a, a normal outtake on Father Christmas, but you know there is still some some of that sort of magical aspect to him because he goes out and has a party with the snowmen, uh, which is probably the only per, the only adult that does that. Um, as as well as he's got these flying reindeer. I mean, how did he? It's never explained in the books, which I think is great because it doesn't need an explanation. But he does have flying reindeer. Yeah, two though. Yeah, yeah, Just only two. two. Yeah, none of them got a bright red nose either. Uh, but he, he, it's like he still has that magical fantasy aspect to him, but he's very, as you said, down to earth. It is strange because, like, when you when you think about it, he's normalized. Yeah, he's normalized, but then he does these fantastical things. It's yeah. like, so wait, how did he make the toys? Time passes normally for him, mm. and yet he can still deliver all these. Like, just getting through the letters is one thing. Oh yeah, that's that's another great shot they show in the film. It's like when he he comes back from holiday, I think, or picking his pets up from the the pound, and then he yeah. opens it up, and then oh, he's got this pile of letters, yeah, already waiting for him, and it's only September. Oh, it's just so many questions. It's like, where where does he get his money from? How does he afford all these you, vacations? They don't show like, him making the toys. Yeah, they don't show him making the toys either. There's like a lot of the fantastical stuff is like avoided. He yeah. arrives home and the letters are just like this big pile, kind mm. of like what anybody would find when they come back from holiday. But he's just come back from but, staying yeah. at uh, France, um, Scotland, and America. And everybody in the world recognizes him as Father Christmas. But the one place where he can hide in plain sight is here in Blighty. Yeah, <laughs> he's not worried about getting found out in 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 England. Yeah, that, that is, there are some funny shots in the film, isn't there? Where um, they're pointing out like, "Oh, Mom, that's Father Christmas." Is like, "Oh, I better get out of here." Yeah, it's like, it's like, "Oh, I've been spotted. <laughs> better move on." Yeah, I better get out of here. <laughs> don't want uh, don't want all that exposure. <laughs> oh no, it's not like there's other with old men going around with big white beards. Yeah. Oh man, my uncle gets mistaken for Father Christmas. Oh, does he? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Does he bloom and swear as well? Oh yeah, I mean, like that's what made that's what made um, Father Christmas so relatable for me growing up because he's just like my dad and my uncle. Like, oh, is he? Oh, that's good to know. Like grumpy gits. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and again, we love our grumpy gits. Best you know, you know they're grumpy. You know they, you know they're grumpy on the outside, but it's only because they're lovable on the inside. Oh yeah, inside, heart of gold, loves their animals. Mm. And again, what what I like about the whole three of them in the term of the animation aspect is, is like they're so articulate. The the drawings of them are so very articulate. Everything's correct. The anatomy is all all there. And every time, much like the BFG, every time I watch it. Uh, the hands and feet are so well drawn, especially with Father Christmas's feet. Like I struggle really badly drawing feet, but whenever I see like the BFG or Father Christmas, it's like I really want to start drawing feet again because I want to get as good as that because they draw the feet yeah, like, so well. They, he's got four fingers, hasn't he? I just realised. Mm. And then, they don't they don't cut off the pinky. No, he's got four fingers and a thumb. Mm. Is that is that your preferred way, by the way, in terms of like uh, drawing in animation? Do you prefer the four oh. fingers and thumb, or do you prefer the three fingers and thumb? Oh, I I don't have a preference. Again, it's all about like what sort of style you're going for, mm. and I guess um, yeah, it it works. It works for Father Christmas. It reminds me of Steven Universe because they always draw their hands. Yeah, like 
they always draw those big, chunky, very detailed hands. Mm, mm. God, could you imagine like Peridot's spaceship with Father Christmas hands? Oh, it's been so long, I can't picture Peridot's spaceship, sorry. <laughs> That's okay, I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> but I do love they that... No, <laughs> my lack of Steven Universe knowledge. No, get out. Um, but yeah, it's... It, over, I think how would you, how would you rate the three films? Um, I think I just you... like I've said it before and I'll say it again. Snowman is an absolute classic. Father Christmas is great. Um, Snowman and the Snow Dog. Um, it's, would you say it was a bit it, hit and miss, or would you say? I mean, oh, it's it's a lo- it's a loving it's sequel. Absolutely fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it 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 can't recapture the spark of the original. No, that. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. For me, my favourite would be Father Christmas. Like I love that film. The Snowman again. I understand it is a brilliant and again a phenomenal testament to the power of animation, how well it is. But for I just really love Father Christmas. I love the whole aspect of it. I love the way it plays out. Um, I love the character. I love the scenario. Uh, for me, I have to say Father Christmas is my favourite. But of course, I understand the snowman is, of course, superior because of, it, you know, it's the snowman. It's the number one Christmas animated film, uh, personally. Um, and then I would put, yeah, so I would place snowman second and I'd, I'd have to put the snowman and the snow dog uh, third. Again, a great sequel. Um, but again, it just uh, it just misses the mark by a tad um, as a sequel. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's prob- it has a lot of hard work put into it, and I feel like I should say some of the things I really liked about it. Yeah, I like the fact. Yeah, it does if, feel like we if, kind of ragged on it a bit. Yeah. I don't. I didn't meet, intend to rag on it because again, it is a brilliant film. Yeah, I mean, like if if I'm reading this correctly, and he is the kids living in like the same house as the original, and now he doesn't have such a big back garden, and the fact that they acknowledge that, and that he has to like rummage for extra snow, I think that's all really good. I mean, having the snowman back again for another adventure is fantastic. Mm. But I kind Dogs of think it's less it so... impacts the death of the snowman in the first film by bringing him back because it's like, oh, he's back. But there we are, like like I said, technically um, Father Christmas um, mm. retconned that anyway by saying that the kid, by James, mm. James builds the snowman every year and he flies back to have a party with Santa every year. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right in that aspect. Um, yeah. See, in my head canon, mm. in my head canon, that's the same party. Yeah. He, like, flies, he, like, flies over there, meets up with this kid, gives him a present, and then fl- it's kind of like a Pulp Fiction scenario. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's, a, that's a good way to describe it. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, it's fine. Like, mm. that's 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 the way I describe it. It's like, uh, Snowman, Snowman, absolutely perfect. Father Christmas is, um, is brilliant uh, in and of its own right. Mm. Mm. I suppose, like, I can't, like, it's like, it raises a lot of questions. Mm. But at the end of the day, what's, what's so good about it is, yeah, I mean, like, Okay. Uh, Father yeah. Christmas is really good, but um, oh yeah. So Snowman, absolute mm-hmm. classic. Father Christmas is so bloody great because it just completely goes in a different direction. Yeah. It doesn't try to emulate the first movie in any way. You've got a character who talks. You've got a main yeah. character who talks. Um, he's it's a nice man. contrast. It's a nice he's cos- Father Christmas. Yeah. He's grumpy. There's um, there's a choir. Like there's a chorus. Mm. 
Um, it's a great, it's, it's a great a song. Chorus. It's a different chorus. He didn't. It's it's different. The aspect that they didn't have another person sing a, a choir voice sing the song. It's just it's it's the song for Father Christmas. It's the song for the snowman. Whereas yeah. the snow and the snow dog, it, it had generic pop song and it just didn't hit the mark because it was trying to have its own walking in the air, but it, it just couldn't because walking in the air, is, I guess, is a one-time thing. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Um, snowman, snowman and the snow, snow dog naturally retraces a lot of steps from the original um, movie. And you know what? That's what a sequel does. And sometimes mm. I can be a bit um, biased towards sequels. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you like um, The Snowman and The Snow Dog, if you like it more than the original, that's perfectly fine. Absolutely, yeah. There's no, there's no right or wrong answer. This is just our opinion on that. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you haven't checked them out, do please do check out uh, Father Christmas, uh, 1991, uh, The Snowman, 1982, um, and the snow and the snow dog, which I believe was two thousand and twelve. I got all of them in HMV. There Easy you go. But it cheap, cheap. But yeah, they've been around for so long now. You could pretty much pick them up anywhere for cheap as chips. And there we are. I mean, that's just proof of it. It's like snowman and the snow dog is everywhere, but so is the original. So mm. you know, there's there's they're perfectly fine. You can have two. You can have two snowman movies. Absolutely. But the thing to, to round it off, the thing that brought me back to the snowman again was that how this year there was the advert uh, by barber uh the i think a clothing line uh, and they did an advert that tried that well they didn't try but they did an it's a nice advert don't get me wrong it's a great advert uh, but i just felt it was like a bit of a kick to the teeth to poor old james because in the advert the snowman comes back to visit the child from the snowman and the snow dog and he comes in they give a scarf and it's all very lovely and touchy and again it's great but it's like, well, why did you visit him but not visit James, the first person you went out with? Yeah, just suppose he went to go visit James first, but this time he was the one who arrived at a pile on the ground. Yeah. Very dark, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to... Oh. Oh, you know, from, from the other perspective, this is actually rather depressing. <laughs> oh, I get it now. This, 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 is, this is sad. And then... This is what I've been putting him through? <laughs> But then again, I also thought like maybe like as he as as the snowman's there, he's like giving the he's giving him the hug as he's inviting him in. He's giving this scarf, and then like suddenly like there's a uh, excuse me, oh, who's that? The window? Oh no, it's him. Uh, excuse me, excuse. What do you mean? Who's he? It's it's, it's James. Oh, don't, shh, don't tell anyone. I'm not here. Oh, you go <laughs> to his house. We don't come to me. I see. <laughs> I thought I'd find you here. <laughs> <laughs> you scarf slut. Ow, I see. Well, I've got I'll, I've got another snowman who's bigger and better and more snowmanier than ever. <laughs> Here, would you like a jacket, snowman? You really don't get the snow part of this, do you? Oh, <laughs> melt. <laughs> but again, it it just felt like it lessened the impact uh, of of the death scene. I guess you could call it a death scene, can't you? Was that a bit too dramatic? Oh, uh, I guess. I guess now it's not really a death scene. He just sort of departs. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day, I was thinking about it, and it's kind of like the Ghost of Christmas Present. Mm. Mm. That, like he dies every year. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess I like that lore in that sense that he can, he. Can, I like it in the sense that he can come back because he can again, like Father Christmas states, it's a, like a one-time deal sort of thing, which is a nice sort of lore to the world of the snowman. Um, but I, I, I just feel like again, poor James got neglected because he goes and visits. 
the first family, the, the second, sorry, the second family, the one that gave him the dog. And it's like, oh, great. Cool. I, I guess I meant nothing to you then. What happened? Okay. Now, in that, in that commercial, it's much, much later on. Yeah, well, that's and the thing. I can't. The, I don't the, understand the, the time frame of that because I, yeah. I'm just going to look this up. I'm pretty sure it was 2012 the Snowman and the Snow Dog was made. Oh, do you think they did it like... Um, no, it could be. I was going to say, do you think it's like an it scenario? But no, if that was the case, like the kid would what, be like 18. Yeah, because again, if it's because 2012 wasn't that long ago. I mean, my niece was born in 2012 and she's only five years old now. Yeah, it was, it was made in 2012. So that boy couldn't have been uh, grown that quickly in such a, a vast time frame. It's such a little time frame, right? Don't ask me to do math. It's too late at night. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. It, it just seems. No, no, no. The, po- the point, like, uh, sorry to cut you off here, but That's like, okay. the the dogs, like, the dogs clearly gotten on in years, like. Uh, the the mm. kids growing up, the dogs clearly got gone on in years. So what happens when that dog dies? They're going to mm. go through the. Oh, can you make me report? another one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a. Oh, I think, and then and again, this this is a, a little thing that peeved me a little bit was in in the Snowman and the Snow Dog, um, which don't get me wrong, viewers, I do like I do like the Snowman and the Snow Dog. Uh, it's just that they they have that bit where they see Father Christmas, but it's not the same Father Christmas as in the Snowman and the Father Christmas. Uh, piece that we, we were discussing oh dear I, kn- I knew this would happen we've just gotten into a rut now where we're kicking it's a different father Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's, where's the other one i want my swearing father christmas we're obsessed with mortality <laughs> <laughs> yes but it's just not the same <laughs> It's just not clearly, the same one. Clearly, clearly, Father Christmas is really old. So what happens when he dies? Yeah, does another one take his place? Does somebody else build him? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, I, I was I was gravely disappointed um, that it wasn't the same Father Christmas because again, that's 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 my Father Christmas. Yeah. You just can't come in here and replace him with another Father Christmas. Oh, God. He may have used this... a better pencils to colour in his red, but it's not the same. Yeah, no, like uh, we we're we're traditionalists around here. We like our <laughs> we like our short, stumpy Father Christmases. We don't like that's the of Father Christmases. The swear likely, I might add, he doesn't like properly swear. So if you're expecting to watch the Father Christmas short and go, it's like him effing and jeffing all over the place. He's, he's not. He just uses the word blooming, which is childhood slang for like uh, bloody almost over here. Flip was another yeah. word that we use over here. So it's childhood Perfect. slang. Perfectly tame, but I thought it yeah. was badass. When I was yeah, there. yeah, of course, because you don't always, always go used to go around saying that. But yeah, I didn't mean to like rag on there, but it's a different Father Christmas. Uh, the barbell advert is perfectly nice, but again, I still it's like, why couldn't he gone back to the original kid? Just to say, you know, oh, I'm fine, I'm, I'm okay, I'm still here. So, okay, let's do this. How do we how do we bring this all together in a nice tidy bow? Like, what's the happy message we can take away? Because it's Christmas. Yeah, it is. It is we Christmas. Be able- well, both are top. Okay, so but what they do both what they do both well, all three films do very well uh, is they're wonderful Christmas films. Uh, even though we I do rag on this rag on them a little bit, but that's only natural for us to do because you know it's human nature to find cynicism in these beautiful things. But they are all together. They are a wonder. Even the advert, they're all wonderful. Wonderful pieces of animation. 
they're absolutely fine as they are. We're just nitpicky. It's what we do. I mean, you wouldn't be entertained if we just sat around singing the praises of them. But for a Christmas animation, they get the job done just right and make you feel very festive and welcoming the great big day itself. I suppose, yeah. Just like the Father Christmas featured in the movie itself, they're not perfect, but they do make you feel Christmassy at heart. Oh, they do, and yeah. No matter how, no matter how you pull yourself across the finish line, at the end of the day, you made it. You got it to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now celebrate it your way. Whether that's building a snowman, spending time with your family, or in, in the case of Father Christmas, finally going to bloom in bed. Mm. You just enjoy the holidays. Um, and again, the, these all the. It's, in fact, these these films perfectly encapsulate the warmth and humanity of why Christmas is such a great holiday um, and why we love Christmas, essentially. It's a great oh, yeah. depiction of that. And and together, they're like an hour and a half out of your day. Oh, yeah, you're so going to enjoy them. You're going to enjoy them regardless. Can, yeah. You can fit them in, and they're like little, they're like little tablets. Oh, they're we, like little we tablets. would full-heartedly recommend you check them out if you ever get the time, because they are brilliant. They're, abs- they're timeless. Yeah, anyone just pop them in, uh, get like a twenty-five minute fix of Christmas joy. You could even see on YouTube they they do have the full Father Christmas on YouTube and the Snowman uh, fully ready on YouTube if you want to check it out. So do please do you'll do you'll you won't regret it. So this has been the Animation Appreciation Podcast. Feel free to tweet me any questions or shout-outs and overall any recommendations of what your favourite Christmas animations are. Uh, let me know on my Blue Artisan Twitter account at Blue underscore Artisan and we will be back in the new year, quite possibly maybe even do a Valentine's Day special on animations and animators that we love. Uh, but until then, have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you soon in the new year. <laughs>